USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another edition of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is Kylan, Eric, and Mike. And... Let's just say I apologize for not having an episode last week or an issue last week. Um, let's just say Hydra struck. Yeah. Hydra struck. Okay. No. Microsoft struck. I'm going to put it that way. Microsoft struck and totally bricked my computer. And then we're delayed this week because of uh, some Hydra agent named Matthew that came into <laughs> the base. Sure, it was some inhuman. I just know he was a he was a blowhard and a pain in the ass. I mean, but so um, so we're this is I guess a giant issue episode since it is podcast only. Um, so I get this hypothetical and imagine this thing. Okay. This thing is indestructible, heat resistant, absorbs radiation, teleportation, immune to diseases, can manipulate matter and eat souls to gain power. Choose one Marvel character to, to help you defeat this thing. And this thing kind of looks like, um, a mushroom with tentacles or with like octopus type legs. Yeah. Tentacles is right. Okay. Any character from the Marvel universe, any character from the Marvel universe, Galactus. Oh, okay. But remember it's indestructible. heat resistant, absorbs radiation, teleportation, immune to diseases, can manipulate matter and eat souls to gain power. Galactus. Okay. Kyla. <sighs> There's two people I have in mind. Colin, choose one. So I would say Doctor Strange. Okay. I went. I went a different route because it didn't say anything about being immune to magnetism. I went Magneto. Really. So, I'm sure it has some sort of metal in its system. Right. That Magneto could pull from. Hmm. Manipulate that, and he's not as indestructible as everyone thinks it is. 
<laughs> that was my thought. How that, that that's a good choice. Yeah. So, uh-huh. um, speaking of choices, I guess Netflix. Uh, I think they. I think them and Marvel has struck gold with Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Say the least. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> this go around, it was uh, such a striking gold that it crashed Netflix. <laughs> Heck with the Kardashians. Luke Cage broke the internet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the series too. was so popular that uh, the night that it was premiered, uh, September 30th, uh, Netflix went down across much of the U.S. and in parts of the United Kingdom and Ireland. As a matter of fact, they had to come out with you know, the customer service tweeted out, hi, we are aware of streaming issues and we're working quickly to solve them. Uh, so there you go. Appar- apparently it's, it's, it's a good thing. And I can understand why I've only watched the first two episodes. But yes, I'm hooked. Yeah. The only reason I didn't watch three is because, or, or all of them, is because well, I haven't had time to. Yeah, I uh, I hold up, I hold up in my in my in my home last weekend, and uh, when I wasn't you no know, busy doing adulting things, I binged the entire series, and wow, wow. And uh, Marvel released the soundtrack on streaming services uh, on the 10th, I believe it was. Well, no, not the 10th. 7th, on the 7th. And it's like 50, it's like a 50-song soundtrack. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I, th- I think it releases, though, Tuesday the 10th. It does? Or uh, Tuesday the 11th. I know oh, it comes day. out soon. Yeah. So, guys, I'm just going to say it. <clears throat> Pops. Is he was he not just channeling his, you know, his inner shepherd book from Firefly? Yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. I mean, he was he was the the spiritual guide, such as it was, and, and someone who knew a lot about the the criminal element, mainly because he was. But in many ways, he was the father figure. Yeah, and he was also the one throwing out Easter eggs, <laughs> left like, and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, calling him Power Man, and, and I'm just gonna take should, should be a hero for hire. The scene where you know he he picks up the washing machine to that to was up. That, that was, was cool. perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> yes, it I, was. Oh, dude, I, I I love the list too of who who doesn't have to pay when they show up. <laughs> yes, and of course, Pat Riley's on the list. Of course. <laughs> hey, Pops, Pops felt, I, I was just going to be honest, not every character that I saw felt like it had true depth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, but Pops was. Pops had that depth. I, I've only seen one episode, but the one episode I've seen, for the, I mean, there are strong characters. <laughs> I almost hate to say it, but I at the moment again I'm just going based on one episode. But the other episodes, you you got a better sense in one episode of what the villains were like. And to me, it seems like the villains are lacking. 
Well, well, you know. And again, I know I'm harsh for basing it on one episode, but you knew what well, the villains I, were like in Daredevil in one episode. Right. You knew right. what Purple Man was like in Jessica Jones in one yes. episode. Yes. I'm not sensing that with Cottonmouth. I'm not sensing that with some of the other stuff. <laughs> Well, see, the thing is, like, with the the difference is, is that with um, in in Daredevil, there wasn't a history with Wilson Fisk. Now, the but there, although there was a history with Purple Man and Jessica Jones, but in in Luke Cage. There's a history there, but the history is so complicated, and and uh, I think that's what you're that's what you pick up. Like you 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 know that there you know that um, Cottonmouth is, is is not a good. Don't man. call him Cottonmouth now. He hates that. <laughs> he hates it. Oh my! You know, and you just lo- I love it when you have a bad guy, and there's one this one innocuous thing that's the thing that set him off. Uh-huh. I love that. Like like he, you know he's this big crime boss. And that one nickname is the thing that just will just set him off. And so the thing is with Luke Cage, okay, like, you know, you know that Pops, you know, within five minutes of seeing him on screen, you get you get that sense that there's more to him. Yeah. Uh, And 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 but for some reason, and and I, I think the thing is, like, with a lot of the characters in Luke Cage, especially from that first episode uh what it's not always a case of what you see is what you get cuz there was one character that i was convinced was crooked and i had to get to the end of the series to be proven wrong but i was convinced this one character was crooked and they weren't and but see i like that about a show you know um i mean not not saying that there's something bad when you have a sense of who this person is from the uh, from the first episode that's good too because that makes that frees up for development in other ways in the series but for the type of series that Luke Cage is you need you need room for that development because like there's so many characters in this story and even the music is a character in itself yeah and they all play they all interplay with each other and by time it's all over you're like Poof. yeah I I want to go back and watch this thing again seriously <laughs> this this is one of those that um sort of like Forrest Gump the soundtrack s- says so much much. Mm-hmm. I mean, just absolutely says so much. It does. It really does. And I, you know, I, okay, you know, we were what we were talking about earlier about the show, about some yeah. of the reactions to it. Yeah, right. I, I, I let, let's I, let's just take a couple of minutes to just talk about that. Okay. I, okay. Uh, so, and actually, like, I was I was just made aware of this earlier this evening, and I wasn't sure that was even a thing. I thought. It may have been one person out on the fringe of wherever, but Mike, you you were you were aware of, it, and Eric, you were aware of it. That apparently, what uh, Luke Cage is too black for some people, and I'm I don't get that. Like you know, we were talking about this. I'm like, have you read Luke Cage? You know, are you familiar with his story? I I, I mean, if this story was told any other way if anything was changed about it people would be complaining about that too 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know. To me, to me, I mean, you're not going to please everyone. It doesn't no. matter. It, it, there's mm-hmm. nothing so good that somewhere someone will not absolutely hate it. True. But at the same time, you have a a black man. And are, are we just completely forgetting? Is this not like the first Marvel series to have a black guy as the main character, as the main protagonist, the hero of the story? That's true. Th- this I is- mean, unless you want to count like Men in Black. Or Blade. Or Blade. But, that, but, but Blade was not part of Marvel Cinematic. Yeah, this is the first MCU show, and all of a sudden you're saying, oh, well, it's too black. Dude, you gotta if you put it in Harlem, you gotta have a black strong black element. Do you not? Right. Right. I mean, if you're just now listening to this show, I'm going to confirm it for you. Yes, folks, I am white, but I can't say this is too black. No, it, it's I, I. I don't. I don't know. I. I... <sighs> I can only I hope get it. I can only hope that these are just isolated, like you said, out on the lunatic fringe who have never read the comics, don't know what he's about. That's the only way I can I can try to to, to wrap my head around comments like that because you know it, it doesn't bother me that it's there because what else are you gonna have? I because I, 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 I'm I honestly I'm speechless on the matter because I'm like well. I mean, if this wasn't a case where there were no other races represented, and we talked about that. I mean, you, you, there are other races out there. It was a realistic depiction of what you would see when you're in that part of Harlem. It was not – and I, I'm, I'm sorry that it may have messed with your pretty little idea of what you think this world is supposed to be like. But Marvel exists within the confines of the real world. You're getting heroes within the real world. So what you're seeing is the story of Luke Cage in Harlem. And I believe that what you see is an accurate depiction of Luke Cage's world if it were to exist in in October 2016. I'm just saying. Um, you know, the music and what you're what you're getting is an accurate depiction of the music that would be popular in that part of Harlem. You're getting an accurate depiction of the businesses, the people, the cultures that you would interact with. I I I, I think that anything if anything was changed to make this more diversified, it would not be a true picture. It wouldn't. No. But but you know, and I think that. But, but it's like you said, there are going to be detractors out there. And I know after the first episode, I sat there with my jaw on the floor because Marvel just knocked it out of the park again. Marvel and Netflix knocked it out of the park again. And, I, and I'm saying this not just as a Marvel fan, not just as a big time fan of Luke Cage, but as a fan of comic book series and movies in general. I'm convinced. In fact, I have a friend who who hates anything sci-fi related, anything that does not take place within the real world, she has no use for. But she loved Jessica Jones, and she's excited for Luke Cage. It's like I've said before on this show. The difference between Marvel and DC is that DC is making comic book movies. Yes. 
all right, Marvel is making movies about characters that appeared in comic books. There is a subtle yet crucial difference. So this is no other. And I'm just going to tell you the scene where Luke, this is, this is after, by the way, spoiler alert, after pops gets killed Mm -hmm. and he's standing, he's standing there at night, you know, just looking at the uh, Christmas addicts, your mural. Yes. And the kid comes up with a gun, puts the gun to his head Mm -hmm. and he drops the N word. Mm. His response to that, it put chills down my spine. I'm just going like, yes. Yes. That, exactly. that is Luke Cage in a nutshell. If, if you don't see anything else about this whole series, that's their mission statement right there. Yes. If you want, you know what? That scene, I sat there and I got goosebumps. I'm just like, I'm like, you know what? You can't. If anybody, if you, if you, you cannot come away from that series not knowing who Luke Cage is as a person. You can't come away from that episode and not know who Luke Cage is as a person. That yeah. episode alone, yes. And this, well, this is this is the last thing I want to say about it. I want to see Mike Coulter dressed in the three-piece suit like what Sanford Green is drawing him right now in yeah. the Power Man and Iron Man series because yes. that, those those two characters, they have nailed that personality. Yeah. Yes. I, I just, I gotta see that happen. Yes. And, and for those who are, who are criticizing that Luke Cage is too black. I, I'm just going to quote WWE wrestler Enzo Amore. What we got here is a couple of haters? Haters? <laughs> and, and no, it's... Uh, it, no, you just was, got people who don't know. We got stupid people. And, and I'm sorry, I, I've had enough of stupid people from the hurricane that just came through and the way people in this area reacted. But it's... <laughs> it's 2016, almost 2017. <clears throat> a series about a black superhero who is indestructible, goes by the name of Luke Cage, expect the series to be black. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a movie that comes out next year called Black Panther. Another black superhero. And we've and already heard... Africa. And we've already heard criticism that it's not enough white people casting it. Well, get over it. Will we see probably Chris Pratt in it? Or Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Evans, Evans in it? Probably. If Hopefully we see we... Chris Pratt in it, that's going to be a, a, the toy, a story plot twist right there. There you go. Um, will we see Chris Evans? I hope we see a cameo. Brief cameo. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, you know, Andrew Serkis is supposed to be in it. It's, he's playing Claw, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Kraken brought into it or Craven. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, but but for the most part, it's gonna be an all black cast. Is this deal with it? <laughs> just just deal. But Marvel did make another announcement, and Kylan probably changed his shorts after he heard this. So I'm gonna yeah, let Kylan yeah. talk. Yes, uh, so, you know, along with uh, everything coming up Marvel with the success of Luke Cage at San Diego, well, not San Diego, wow, at New York Comic Con, they uh, announced the uh, release date for Iron Fist. Um, So we're going to get an Iron, we're going to get to see our Iron Fist series on March 17th, 2017. Um, Now, here's the thing, so... 
it wasn't just that they announced it and you got this nice little teaser image, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> no, and, we and got an happy. awesome video. Awesome we trailer. An yeah. awesome trailer. I, I mean, I was happy with the image on Thursday. And then I find out that we got a full-on teaser trailer. Although this seemed a little bit more than a teaser trailer on Friday. I mean, you're getting Danny Rand in a business in a business suit singing sitting in a, in a lotus position. You're you're seeing uh, him almost dressed like a hobo walking through New York. There's fight scenes. There's the image of the elderly lady from uh, Daredevil. He's glowing. And he's glowing. <laughs> uh, I, and- I'm just, I'm just going to say it right now. This movie or this series mm-hmm. is not karate enough. It's too kung fu. All right, it's it's just it's not karate enough. <laughs> Where's the taekwondo, man? Have I have I proven? Oh my god! That saying Luke Cage isn't is too black. Have I just proven proven a point of how stupid it is to say Iron Fist is too kung fu? Oh my god! I, I swear, if I had if I had a gavel right now, I would say case dismissed. I swear to <laughs> I swear, I just would because that I'm like that, that. That was good, man. I swear, I'm going. If I'm at work and I just bust out laughing, it's going to be because I'm thinking back to what you just said. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it it is too kung fu. I feel sorry for the, the the karate people out there and the taekwondo people out there, and you know. I do, and I, and I feel sorry for the wrestlers out there who or who feel ostracized because you got to come. <laughs> can't do it, man. Next thing, next thing you're going to tell me is there, there's not enough Channing Tatum or or Illuminati in the Marvel movies. <laughs> You know, I, I think there's a perfect amount of both right now in the Marvel movies. Yeah, none. There's a perfect amount of Thank both. Thank you. Exactly. So. So, yeah. So, now, apparently, uh, so, I mean, we we get, we get the, you get the glowing fist. You get the, the, the brand on the chest. I mean, and you see Colleen Wing. Now, this is awesome because for the people who are very familiar with the story of Danny Rand, you get Colleen Wing, you know. Yeah. So I am just, I, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if, if I'm going to kind of end up doing like what I did with Luke Cage. I got to the point where I didn't want to see anymore. I saw enough. And I, I want to be surprised. I kind of like I've done that with um, with Doctor Strange. I don't want to see any more trailers. I I, I, I purposefully have kind of cut myself off from seeing anything new. And I'm thinking because I'm so ex- I've been so excited for Iron Fist. I think I might you know maybe when they do a full trailer, I may do that. But then that's going to be it for me. I think but um, that, with Netflix, I think that's the last thing that they're going to be bringing. Yeah. At this point. We, you mean like they'll do, they're going to do the teaser trailer. You'll see a full trailer and then that'll be it up until. Yeah. And I don't, I don't yeah. think we're going to see a full trailer till around Christmas or right at, or January ish. Maybe. Right. Yeah. So right before it releases. 
it, yeah, so um, I, I, you know, I now whereas on uh, the seventeenth of March, which is St. Patty's Day, I know many people will see that as a time to go out and you know celebrate as you do. Uh, but the are, are, they, already, are they trying to apply Danny Rand's Irish? Is Rand is Rand is an Irish name, isn't it? Kind of, sorta. Um, let's consult French. Let, let's consult our genealogist. <laughs> what does the what does the genealogist say? Uh, the genealogist this doesn't is- say anything, <laughs> but will proceed to tell you for thirty minutes all about the but obscure relatives that they're researching that you have absolutely no interest in. <laughs> Well, on, on that point, I, I, the, the, the decision has already been made in uh, my in our home that um, instead of the traditional celebration for St. Patty's Day, it will be Chinese food and uh, binging uh, Iron Fist. So I will be unbearable for like, oh wait, hold on, we might be recording that night too because that's a Friday. Well, yeah. I'll be willing to take a break for I'll be willing to take a break for you guys. So you know. <laughs> So yeah, that's gonna be, and apparently that is uh, that that that, that little uh, announcement there was really just the beginning of, I guess, further announcements regarding um, Netflix stuff. Uh, well, no, because Punisher announces three new cast members. Yeah. So, um, according to, uh, let's see, this possibly come out during New York Comic Con as well. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, it's been announced that, um, Ben Barnes joins the cast as Billy Russo, Frank Castle's best friend from his days in the Special Forces. Uh, and runs a successful private military corporation called Anvil. Okay. Um, right. e- Ebon Moss <coughs> Bachrock will play Miko, a former NSA analyst whose secrets may be of great value to Frank Castle. And Amber Rose Riva joins Diane Medini as Diana Medini, a highly trained, sophisticated Homeland Security agent who is vexed by the Punisher. Hmm. Okay. So, um... Showrunner and executive producer Steve Lightfoot says, I'm really excited about the cast we're assembling alongside Bernthal. Uh, I look forward to watching Ben, Ebon, and Amber embody these characters and breathe vivid life into the story we are crafting for this season of Marvel's The Punisher. Uh, Jeff Lieb, Jeff Lieb says we can't be more thrilled about the remarkable talent, and uh, these are incredibly talented actors that we can't wait to see them bring these characters to life. So that's that for Punisher. And that's, I can't uh, wait for this either. But yet yeah, there's yeah. more Netflix news. Yeah, there's a, yeah. So we we have a villain for the Netflix Defender series. Uh, so, and this was announced during the, uh, Marvel Netflix Iron Fist panel at New York Comic Con. Sigourney Weaver was announced to be the villain for the Defender series. Yay, Ripley's Uh, back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, um, so now the thing is, we don't have a name for the character yet, uh, 
And so, which, you know, pre-show, we were kicking around possibilities. And the thing is, the, the possibilities are so vast that we... we I, uh, think, I think the one that stands out to me is, is probably one of the most plausible was a Madam Mask. Yes. Yeah, yeah you mentioned her. And because um, we were, our thinking on this is, and, and you guys, uh, you know how tired we are of being right, but we were looking at the, 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 the villains through the Netflix series and they largely have been street level uh, because, well, Daredevil, you had... You, you had Kingpin and you had the Hand, who are, you know, in essence, organized crime street level. And with Luke Cage, obviously, it's all organized crime street level. Uh, what you had with Jessica Jones is street level, but not organized crime. But you know, so that that would be the one exception. But we're also we're talking about how with the the big bat with the, t- the the big bats being taken out there's a void within hell's kitchen in harlem so what kind of effect does that have does that mean that there's going to be somebody who's at the top that is sort of orchestrating this whole dance that we don't know about maybe although according to uh as we go later uh, deeper into the article it's uh it mentions how mephisto was rumored to be the main antagonist uh in uh for for the series, although we can't see that, uh, uh, but you now Mephisto was also mentioned uh, in Agents of Shield. Right. So, a I, couple of other a couple of other possibilities. Yeah. Uh, Viper. Oh yeah. Hydra has been very well established in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. That, that is true. could that could be a nice little tie-in as well. Uh, now, uh, I did have somebody mention Sin, who is the Red Skull's daughter. Yeah, uh, that's a possibility too, and it'll be a nice tie-in also to the MCU. Yeah, I don't now, know. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna go all off off reservation here. Mm-hmm. What if? They did a version of Silvermane, Ooh. and it was a woman. Oh, that's are you, you. Why not? Now, in all fairness, they have they didn't say that she was necessarily the main bad person. No, they just said a significant but untitled role. Right. So, could be a villain. Could be somebody who's not quite a villain. Right. But not quite an ally. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm liking the idea of a Madam Mask. I'm liking the idea of a Hydra, of a Viper. Yes. I, I, I it's a I see, and I'm wondering, you know, as as the see thing is that they haven't even started filming Defenders yet. I don't think, although I'm sure it's going to be soon, because uh, we're supposed to be seeing Defenders sometime in 2017. Uh, so yeah, that means three series in 2017 everybody so yeah. um yeah. I, I so i i'm definitely keeping well we're all going to be keeping our eyes and ears on this um because this could this could be a, a this will be a character that is possibly connected to daredevil jessica jones luke cage and iron fist um right. or it could it could be someone who is significant in the marvel universe that they are putting their on 
own their own spin on, and that's fine too. Um, but I believe we're also going to see Misty Knight in this one, and yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm wondering if that uh, means almost, we're going to see. Huh? I think Misty's only in for like one to three episodes because okay, yeah, Patsy's in for an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Sticks in for like in two it? or three. Uh, I'm not sure. I know Claire's in it. Right. She's in it for all. I think she's in it for five. So I, I, I tell you guys, I, I, I like what Marvel has done with this world that they've created with the Netflix series. Well, I, I'm going to say to quote a um, any Infocom or not Infocom uh, infomercial. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. Uh oh. And I don't remember who has the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that would be me actually. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long week. It has. As a matter of fact, do, uh, Friday. Do you, do you know how the agents? Hmm? I was gonna say, do you know how hard it is to put boards on the windows underwater I, I, next to the to the volcano lair? So I told that, that, you you should have borrowed the Hellabus. You totally could have, man. It'd been awesome. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you really yeah, should have. But putting putting boards up on the underwater, above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair, not an easy task. And, no, and I don't. I don't think that the Helibus is why up we to hired it. the dolphins to do it, man. What well, What happened to Herbie the robot? Wasn't he around? I, th- I thought that uh, um, waterproofing not- wasn't quite <laughs> up to uh, up to spec. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what happens when you drop your iPhone in the toilet? Yeah. Same thing. Do we have enough rice? Um, not yet. No, no. not yet. Okay. Sorry, Herbie. (laughs) But uh, on Friday, during the New York Comic Con, uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, uh, Marvel head of television Jeff Lieb was asked about uh, a possible Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Netflix universe crossover. And he replies with the with the quote, fair question. The answer is stay tuned. Okay. Now, he did follow up in an interview with Screen Rant uh, where he, he kind of addressed the difficulties involved. And this is this is not anything that we haven't heard before, that it's a logistics issue of trying to get all the crossing over done the way you would like it. Uh, He said in this interview, quote, the theater owners don't get to say, well, we don't want Spider-Man to be in Captain America. In that particular case, Sony and Marvel had to work that out so that could happen. But in the case of what we do, we have networks to consider, and that's a conversation for ABC and Netflix. So I don't see why not. That's telling me that there are conversations taking place. Right. And I honestly do believe that at some point you will see Netflix characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or vice versa. I would expect that, yes. And you got to figure. You have to figure that Luke Cage is going to come to the attention of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, he's got to. Yes, yeah. Especially if there's the entertainment of a thought of bumping off Mac. Oh, oh, mm. oh, saying, but not saying, but Ooh, spe- speaking of shield, um, 
we, we with the last episode, we seen who the new director is. Yes, we did. And, and he kind of calls himself an inhuman. And part of the reason for that is because the people will be more accepting. Uh, I forgot what the actual phrasing was. It was a powered individual that the public could trust. Could trust, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the new boss is Jeffrey Mace. Mm-hmm. That name Patriot. sound familiar? Patriot. Who See, becomes thought- the... Th- Third, Captain America. See, I thought I was being a freaking genius when I har- when I saw that he was Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, Jeff Mace. Yes, it's Patriot. Mm-hmm. And the, when he says the third Captain America in the comics, basically you have Steve Rogers, the first Captain America. He goes missing in World War II, so they bring in a second Captain America. His name was uh, William Nasland. He was also known as the Spirit of '76. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, he gets killed in Boston, and Mace—I think he was a—he was a reporter at the time. We, we told him he not to go was, to the tea shop. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he is inspired by Naslin's sacrifice, and he gets a spare Captain America costume, and he becomes number three. So I'm like texting these two guys, and then he goes, "Oh yeah, we've got that on the list for the show," and I'm kind of like, "Crap!" I thought I was being a freaking genius. Here, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it right here, right now. You will see at some point over the course of this season, you will see Jeff Mace as the director of Shield with Captain America Shield and his own Captain America variant costume. I believe Qu- it. Question will be: Will it be the Shield that Tony Stark has been working on in his labs? That's been an Easter egg for at least two Iron Man movies. Dude, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm saying right here, right now, it is the one that Steve Rogers dropped to the ground and walked away from at the end of Civil War. I, I, I you know what? I agree. I agree. Um, yes. Okay. Because I mean, what was the condition? A superpower, a powered individual that the public could trust. The public trusted Captain America. Mm-hmm. So, and they they specifically say because Steve Rogers is not available. Right. That that is telling me they want a new Captain America. Mm, yeah. You want Captain America as it, now granted this view version of Shield is UN funded, so it's not necessarily going to be the the American Shield. No. But I mean, I can't think of any other possible way that this plays out. I, I can't either. I mean, the thing, I mean, because was it back in the 90s, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up under under United Nations yeah. oversight? In comics, it, it did. And so I, I'm thinking that's what we're going to see, but it will be, for, for the sake of public perception, I think it would be, I, I mean, what better way to endear yourself to the American public than to have the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. be... Uh-huh. If not the Captain America, a Captain America. Right. Or or a version anyway. And I think that'd be awesome to see. I mean they kinda hinted at that at that you kinda got that imagery when um the at the end of last season, uh when um that virtual shield came out of Colson's arm. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> so I think that's you know they 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 like tying Cap Captain America to Shield in any way possible. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I would be excited to see that. I'm 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 wondering how close to the end of the season it'll be before we see that or sooner. Yeah, it it can be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. I I want to see it. I mean, I I would love to see that. It could be. It, I don't want to say it's going to be like the U.S. agent look no. because I think that's what Steve Rogers is going to show up in. Right. But like the ultimate Captain America, the Bucky one. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe one of the variants that we have seen Chris Evans wear. Like I would love it if he was in the stealth suit. Like at the beginning yeah. of your soldier. I think that I would be, I was telling um, Don that I almost expect it to be a version of that because uh, in the comics, that's what Nick Fury wears as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. You see him in a version of the stealth suit. So I, I, I that's what I would like to see. I don't well, know. Would, would they be silly enough to do the new costume? I mean, that's that's no. possible. You don't think? No. You talking about Sam Wilson version? No. No, the, uh, the one that Cap wears now. I don't know. The, I mean, the, I'm not a fan of it, but... I'm not either. But it's only because, I mean, there, there's... I don't know, that, that version is so boring to me, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Although, see, it's a, it is definitely a costume that you could pull off in real like in real world and it not look too comic book hokey you know right Right. but he's going with uh with the inhuman character though right so well here's the thing who who from shield captain america or whatnot would we want to see make a comeback I know who I want to see make a comeback. I know who I want to see make a comeback. But then that's because I have gone out, you know, in, in full disclosure here on the show, saying my newest, my newest crush was Haley Atwell. So I want to see Agent Carter. But you know what? I'm kind of getting my wish. Not quite the way that I'd want, but or how I would expect. But she is coming back. Uh, let's see. She will rep- she will be providing the voice of Agent Carter on Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars. Wait, and what Tony, this is going to be. Tony Stark has a response to you for that. You know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having- <laughs> no, sorry, Tony. We're not even having 12% of a moment. <laughs> sorry. By the way, I'm just saying, Haley Atwell, tons more smoking hot than what's-her-name, playing Pepper. Day 11, test 37, configuration 2.0. For lack of a better option, dummy is still on fire safety. If you douse me again and I'm not on fire, I'm donating you to City College. (laughs) (laughs) I love that sequence. I really do. But anyway. Uh, what we have is, let's see, originally titled Avengers Assemble, the animated Avengers series was renamed uh, Avengers Ultron Revolution for Season 3. Right. And it's revealed as Comic-Con International this summer, the upcoming fourth season of this series will be retitled Avengers Secret Wars. And it'll also include fan-favorite Marvel heroes like Black Panther, Ant-Man, and, of course, Agent Carter. I'll take an animated Agent Carter. Yeah? Yeah. Well, here's the other fun one. Not only is Marvel's Avengers being renamed for its fourth season, in which case, um, and I apologize for stepping on you for this, 
uh, Marvel Avengers Secret Wars will be uh, after Black Panther, Vision, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel were introduced in Avengers Assembled. They will be joined by Wasp, Ant-Man, Jane Foster, Thor to form the new Avengers when the original team disappears. Really? Yes. Jane Foster, Thor. All right. If you're Jason Aaron... Are you just not loving all this right about now? Seriously. He's sticking your line. Freaking genius. And you know what? If he decides to come back on the show, I will dub him freaking genius extraordinaire. Well, that's not the only animated move Disney Disney slash Marvel is making. Um, Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, for those who don't know... I will give you a little tip. Theme song there. Um, Of course, this has been involving a team up of Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, It's coming to an end January 2017. And the fans will have a younger, more inexperienced Peter Parker series to look forward to. The new series will focus on Peter Parker's learning how to come into his own superpowers while facing the pressures of being a normal teen. Headed up by Kevin Shinnick from Robot Chicken and supervising director Philip Pignotti uh, from Marvel's Avengers Assemble, Marvel's Spider-Man will have a back-to-basics approach. Uh, Court Lane, who's Senior Vice President of Marvel Animation, added, The simple title reflects a back-to-basics approach. It's just filled with heart and humor. So, new series to go with the new movie that comes out next year. Okay. There you go. But, you know, I mean, that the, the Ultimate Spider-Man, it had a good run. Yeah. It did. The web. I, I like the the Web Warriors story arc that they had, where he goes through one Peter Porker, Spider Spider Girl, yeah, Spider-Ham. Um, Scarlet Spider, Spider Man, Norwa, um, the one from the Medieval Knight Spider Man. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. I the whole thing, and then you know Miles Morales. Um, Oh, there was the other one. Oh, I can't think of his name. But, I mean, like six or seven different Spider-Mans or mm-hmm. Spider-Folk help him fight the Goblin. Yes. So, I mean, it, it, it was pretty cool. Now, uh, the like I said, the current series ends in January uh, with the two-part finale, Graduation Day, which finds Peter Parker battling Doc Ock and the Sinister Six to save New York City. So... I, I'm just going to transition it this way. Saving. Can um, this next movie article actually save this particular franchise? Mm. Or do I... Is this me again? That's you again. That's you again. Yeah, you got the last two. Because it's Spidey okay. Spidey. Okay. Well, um, briefly, it is official. The next Wolverine sequel will be titled Logan. And it's going to be based around Old Man Logan, uh, possibly based on the story by Mark Miller and or Mark Millar and Stephen McNiven. Um, the poster is kind of kind of simple. It's Wolverine's hand battle scarred, which doesn't make sense if he could heal, but it looks like he's got stitches on this one one cut. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a child's hand is holding his hand. Mm-hmm. Could could this potentially be um, X X twenty three? It's possible. Possible. So. Um, According to oh, who's this quote from? They don't. Uh, yeah, it's X twenty three is rumored to be in the movie. Uh, of course, that's Logan's clone. Um, some somebody quotes. Somebody gives us a quote of, "In this flick, people will get hurt or killed when the S hits or falls on them. They will get just as hurt or or just as killed when they get hit with something big and heavy, like say a car. Should anyone in our story have the misfortune to fall off a roof or out the window, they won't bounce. They die." Well, okay. Well, so um, I guess they're not talking about speedball being in this movie, then. No, no. So Logan, Logan will slice and dice his way into theaters March third, twenty seventeen. Okay. So you'll have Logan on the third. You'll have Iron Fist on the seventeenth. Right. Yep. Now, before we hit picks of the week. Have you ever wondered why in the 80s there would be two different versions of a book? One that had a barcode, and then where you normally would find that barcode, you would find one that had Spider-Man's head in it? Yeah. Tell us, Uncle Mike. Let me sit back and tell you a story. Um, the one on the, the article from comicbookresources.com or cbr.com as they're going by now, apparently, um, they like show one issue of, uh, Wolverine 207. The, the cover's almost identical. Coloring's a little different, uh, slight variation. Um, the, the, where the price, where the price of the book is, is also a little different. Um, there, one of the book, the book on the left has the barcode. Book on the right, if you go see this article on um, comicbookresources.com or cbr.com, has the Spider-Man head. Um, apparently, the one on the left with the barcode is the newsstand version, and the one with the Spider-Man logo is the direct market version. Okay. Why two versions? Well, for years, comic books were sold only on newsstands. Yeah, the spinner racks, like you would find on the streets or in a convenience store. Um, And the stores would return their unsold copies just the same way that they currently do unsold magazines. Uh, That way they get paid back. And they they showed pictures of, well, at the time, there, there was no barcode or anything else. Um, no corner boxes, no nothing. Uh, and it kind of stayed the same way through the 70s. But in 74, when UPC codes were officially introduced, this was a way for stores to keep track for easy sales. And so, so then Spidey Head came in. And of course, there were slight changes with, with costume changes. But it, it was brought in so you could tell whether you have a, a copy that went to the store or a copy that went to newsstands. <coughs> okay. So, um, then for a while, there was one with barcode and it said direct edition that was to the comic shops, while the newsstand version said nothing. All right. So, um, 
The Distinguished Competition kind of did something similar as well. So it was not just a Marvel thing, but Marvel is one of the more notorious for it. Right. Well, I mean, it makes sense because when you think about the reason why, it's like uh, newsstands, they could return the st- they could return what they didn't sell mm-hmm. and get credit for it. Right. And so I, I get the, the wanting to keep things separate. Yeah. To be able to try. And quite frankly, that's an easy way to do it. Yep. Yep. True. Now, I did not know that the uh, the UPC code went all the way back to the mid-70s. I was thinking it was something a little more recent, like, say, early 80s or so. Right. So, But that's that's interesting. Well, I think we're going to cue the Shazbots. That's time for the picks of the week. Um, I actually kind of want to start us off this week. If you guys oh, don't why don't you mind. start us off, Mike? Uh, my first pick is Han Solo number four. Uh, writer is Marjorie Liu. Uh, penciler is Mark Brooks. Han has a traitor to has a traitor to the rebellion on board the Falcon. But can he figure out who it is before they get him killed? And more importantly, can he stay in the Dragon Void race? It's three episodes, three issues now that he's trying to stay in this stupid race. So, <laughs> saying, but I'm not saying. So that's my first pick. Okay. Um, Eric, how about you? Okay, my first pick of the week is a number one. It is Deadpool Too Soon, number one. Uh, uh, it's by it's too soon, Hawk. dude. Well, yeah, but we acknowledge that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Someone is murdered for Bushman. <sighs> One of my favorite characters. And now he's dead. I guess it is too soon. Could someone be targeting all of Marvel's funniest characters for death? Well, that's what Deadpool thinks. And now he's got to act before someone bumps off Squirrel Girl, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Ant-Man, Howard the Duck, and the Punisher. Like we said, the funny characters. <laughs> Deadpool is renowned for his investigative skills. So I, I noticed there's one missing. Dupe. Maybe Deadpool just doesn't care about Dupe. Uh, all right. Or he's saving Dupe for last, and he's going to take care of him himself. All right. <laughs> Um, Kylan, your first pick. My first pick is... Uh, let's go back this way. It is Daredevil, number 12. Uh, writer is Charles Soule, the penciler and artist, cover artist, Ron Garney. Dark art continues. Who is Muse? And what bloody scene will be his next masterpiece? Used to working alone, how will D.D. handle his new inhuman partner on the case? Okay. Well, my second pick is Gwynpool, number seven. Head of Modoc starts now. Modoc has a new leader, and her name is Gwynpool. A few weeks ago, she wasn't even part of this universe. And now she's running a highly intricate mercenary organization. I think they met a few months ago. <laughs> um, what do you mean she's not up to the task? Everything we know about her indicated she can handle this, right? Okay, maybe there will be an adjustment period. Interns are getting funny. <laughs> about time. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Did, did I say that out loud? Say what? <laughs> exactly. So, Eric, you're number two. My number two is a number 10. It is Spider-Man and Deadpool number 10, written by Joe Kelly, penciled by Ed McGinnis. After everything that's happened, Spider-Man and Deadpool just want some R&R. But Patient Zero and Itsy Bitsy aren't going to make their lives very restful. Okay. Kylan, you're number two. My number two is Great Lakes Avengers number one. Uh, the writer is Zach Gorman. The penciler and cover artist are, or is rather, Will Robson. 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 Uh, all new, all different? No, thank you. New things are bad and different things are scary. Instead, why not join everybody's least favorite superhero team, the Great Lakes Avengers, in their brand new, but not too brand new, ongoing series? Same old, same old Great Lakes Avengers. When the team gets reinstated as permanent members of the Avengers and uprooted to Detroit, the GLA has one more shot as superhero glory. Lori. But can they answer the call? Do they even have 4G coverage here? <laughs> Find out. I happen to know for a fact that they do have 4G around Detroit. I don't well, know how. Well, then they should be good. I, you would think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my number three pick, unfortunately, mm. is the last in this series. Darth Vader, number 25. Uh, writer is Karen Gillian. Uh, Pencilers. Pencilers is Max... Fimara and Salvador LaRocca. Uh, it's all built up to this. Vader's trials against Silo's creations. His machinations against the Emperor. His covert missions with Dr. Afra and her murderous droids. Those droids were killer. <laughs> Pun intended. I am going to miss Dr. Afra. I'm just saying. BT, and which is the astromech, and that protocol. I can't remember the protocol droid's name. The anti-C-3PO R2-D2 were, were fun. Uh, all comes to fruition in an oversized 40-page issue by the stellar team of Karen Gillian and Salvador LaRocca. You won't want to miss this ending, and I can't wait. I just can't wait. Mm. So, Eric, your number three pick. My number three is a number 20. And now for something completely different, Deadpool. Deadpool number 20. A story by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lolly. And the, the intern, all the intern just wrote was, Deadpool has it tough sometimes. It can be hard to keep going, but he does. Now, if you look at the preview on comicbookresources.com, this, that makes, the preview makes this book worth getting. Because you open up on this preview with this girl. She's standing at the ledge of a building. Looks like she's about to jump off. And you hear from, you know, over to her side, don't jump. And Deadpool comes up behind her, puts a hand on her shoulder. Please, not here. And he says, Parker Industries is just a few blocks down. That's the sort of address you want to fling yourself to death at. <laughs> and, of course, the girl is just like totally takes it. You're making jokes? He goes, yeah, I was bitten by a sad radioactive clown. <laughs> Uh, he says, so yeah, you know, I'm sure a real hero would have something profound to say to make you feel better instantly, but I'm all you got. So, yeah, that I like Deadpool because he just <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall and he does just what you do not expect him to do. That's right. true. All right. So, Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is surprise. 
Power Man and Iron Fist number nine. Uh, writer. I know. Can you just imagine? I never picked this book. Uh, writer is David Walker. Pencilers are Sanford Green and Flaviano. And the cover artist is Sanford Green. This is a Civil War II tie-in. Luke and Danny tried to stick together, but Civil War II tore them apart. How far would Luke go to get his friend back? It's everything you want in an event tie-in. Moral conundrums, devastating consequences, more superpowered sparring than you could count on four fists for hire. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw in here one more. So this can give us ten books for this week. Um... Because I, I think this is important to say. Howard the Duck, number 11. Writer is Chip Zdarsky and penciler is Joe Kiwanis. And this is what, the second time I picked this? Because it was supposed yeah, to come out be. earlier? Yeah. Join Chip and Joe as they say goodbye to Howard in a very special issue that is still priced as a regular issue. Can Howard outwit fate? Can any of us? Or is the concept of predestination just shorthanded by the near infinite factors in play that are as that are guided at their core by free will? Guest starring Spider Man, probably. <laughs> so and, and just a reminder, I'm sorry. Howard the Duck rapping, Darth Vader rapping. You, you don't you, that does not mean it's cool to play. That would just be wrong. You did hear about Deadpool the Duck, didn't you? No. Yeah, there, there's a new series starting in 2017 called Deadpool the Duck. But it won't be as good as... It's just not going to be the same. It may not be. It may not be. So, um, Kylan, I think you have our... Uh, Marvel Unlimited pick for this week. Yes, I do. And uh, apropos of um, having Luke Cage, having binge Luke Cage and uh, being treated to the trailer for Iron Fist, I decided to reach back a little bit and go with uh, this is a book called Daughters of the Dragon, Deadly Hands. Okay, so representing three classic tales of Marvel's hottest femme fatales by comic book legends Chris Claremont and Marshall Rogers from the classic black and white pulp magazines Bizarre Adventures number 25 and Deadly Hands of Kung Fu 32 and 33 featuring an all new cover by Marshall Rogers and so the Daughters of the Dragon for those who are curious are is the team that's made up of Misty Knight and Colleen Wing and so I figured I think it'd be cool to kind of do that a little bit to introduce the fans to two characters that are going to be playing large supporting roles in the Defenders and Iron Fist. Okay. There you go. I mean, it, it does sound cool. And uh, definitely it's going to have to be, well, that will be our Book of the Month Club discussion. Since this is technically the f- First pick of the month for Marvel Unlimited. Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you go. So everyone's going to have to jump on and enjoy the read, and we will discuss it next month. There you go. So um, only because of time and everything else, we'll do last month's book of the month next week, um, hopefully. <laughs> and um, so but other than that, I'm going to say let's wrap it up. To any final thoughts? 
no. I'm huh? glad uh, Hydra Agent Matthew didn't hit you too hard. Oh, yeah, no. that for sure. He was just a, a bit breezy. Yeah, just breeze through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So besides being too black, what other things can we say Marvel properties are too much of? Uh, too much of a good thing. <laughs> you could say that Thor's too Norse. Yeah. Marvel movies aren't DC enough. They're too Marvel? Is that what you're saying? No, they're too Marvel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you could say, uh, I don't know, man. Um, you could say that Spider-Man is too New York. Yeah. As somebody who lives in the South, I can go along with that. See, there you go. Hulk movies are too angry. Yeah. <laughs> 